Welcome to 660amtheanswer.com and the Wells Report podcast page. Brought to you by, well, this introduction and, of course, the very hard work of executive producer Vicki Steifer. Hope you enjoy the shows. Thanks very much again for checking them out here on 660amtheanswer.com. Is anybody out there paying attention to what's going on in this country, in this state, and in this city? We know one man who is. You got questions? He's got answers. This is The Wells Report with John David Wells. On 660 AM, The Answer. You are listening to The Wells Report. My name is John David Wells. Our telephone number is 866-660-5759. I've been looking for this conversation, looking forward to it for several days now. Joining us is the executive director of the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. He's worked on Capitol Hill and various committees and agencies throughout his career. He was the chief of staff for one of my favorite people, Secretary of Labor Elizabeth Dole. During the Bush 41 administration, his philanthropic pursuits given the chance to serve uh, as the first president of the White Institute, where he helped lead to the discovery of the lost gospel of Judas. He's a writer and author. His latest offering is a thriller, The Shroud Conspiracy, the Today Show, listed as one of their top 12 reads. Joining us is John Highbush. John, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me on, David. Great, great to be there. Yeah, it's awfully nice to have you here, sir. Uh, you uh, you have been there and done that and seen lots of things. And give us a quick run through about what you make of President Donald Trump. Well, you know, I, I, I think his heart is, is definitely in the right direction. Uh, I, I think um, I don't know that his staff or maybe even the president want to admit it at times, but I think uh uh, they've done, in some respects, their level best to uh, take pages right from the Reagan playbook and uh, more power to them, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of the things that you see the president striving for uh, in the way of tax re- tax deductions and tax reform and stronger defense and less regulations and all those sorts of things are uh, things that Ronald Reagan woke up every morning trying to accomplish as well. So uh, I think the president's heart's in the right place. I just think uh, oftentimes this White House has a problem with execution. John, I want to ask you this question. I, I postulated yesterday that it was that it seemed possible to me that Ronald Reagan, who was a free market capitalist economist, um, and his laissez-faire economic ideologies matched up well with President Trump's ideologies, but from different directions. In other words, from a theoretical economic standpoint, getting out of the way of the marketplace and let the marketplace decide uh, was was essentially the cornerstone of Ronald Reagan's economics. And, and Donald Trump has gotten there a different way by virtue of what works and what does not. What do you think about that idea? Uh, you, you know, I can't argue with it. I, I think you're right. They kind of approaching the same problem, maybe from opposite ends of their own experience. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the, in the Reagan days, what you just described, we called Reaganomics. Yes. Uh, I don't I don't I've not heard uh, the term Trump onics or anything along those lines yet. <laughs> Trumponomics. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. It, it's uh, you know, they're about smaller government. They're about letting the individual make the decisions for themselves instead of uh, some big centralized authority. Uh, uh, no, no doubt about it. I think they both feel that the Ronald Reagan certainly felt that the free market in capitalism should rule. And, and, and uh, with Donald Trump, the ultimate 
real estate investor and builder, uh, you know, I'm no doubt he has the same, very same philosophy and has demonstrated it throughout his career. Let's talk a little bit about how he's being treated by the deep state. Have you ever seen anything like this? I, I got to be perfectly honest with you. This is a complete and total new concept for me. Yeah, I, I think you're right, uh, John David. I think, uh, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan uh, had a lot of difficulty with a very left, left-leaning, left-wing press, no doubt. But, but uh, I don't think uh, he saw something like this. Uh, I think, uh, you know, in some respects, and I, I say this with respect, a little bit of this he's brought on himself. He's basically challenged the media. He believes a lot of what they produce truly is fake news, and I, I believe. He, he puts them right in the same camp as uh, the Democrats, as the enemy, and, and he openly says it, and that's his strategy, and, you know, more power to him. We'll see if he succeeds. Uh, and I think uh, maybe not just in response to President Trump, but I, I think um, the, the media has decided, well, he's going to have us be the enemy. We'll make him the enemy. And so, they, you know, they're, they're now just out and out the open enemies. And, uh, and we're seeing the results of that. Reagan had never took, you know, he didn't have that strategy. And I think he felt, and uh, this was just Reagan, but he felt that he needed the media in order to get his message out. And, and there was no such thing as having, a, you know, a tweet file of uh, 50 million followers in Ronald Reagan's days. The only way he could get his points across was through more conventional channels like three networks and radio and TV and, and newspapers. Well, he certainly and he certainly did very well with those. But when things bogged down, he always requested network television time and spoke to the American people. It worked time and time and time again. Yeah, it did, and uh, and in great part because he is, you know, like I spoke of, you know, the ability to execute. Boy, did he know how to do that. He was not only a highly successful governor of a huge state, but he had been an actor, and he knew timing and humor, and, uh, you know, he knew how to pull off a line, and uh, uh, he could just communicate with the absolute best of them. And, and, and as a result, uh, he really won people over and, and got them to want him to succeed and to follow his vision for the country. We are speaking with John Highbush. He's the executive director of the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. So now we've talked about the press a little bit. We're going to come back to that in just a couple of seconds because Donald Trump needs to needs to move his administration forward, although he does have some tools. The next thing I want to talk to you about is the deep state. Normally, the bureaucrats were professional enough to do their jobs for the sake of America. Many people who work in the bureaucracies around Washington, D.C. and uh, the seats of government are exceedingly patriotic, want to do the best thing for the nation. They see the presidents and the politicians come and go, and they are, they are ephemeral. They stay. They, they, they continue the business of America. I used to call them the real Americans. But there was something about President Obama that seduced a lot of these people out of that ethos that said America first and started talking about, okay, how can we how can we make the IRS more political? How can we make the FCC more political? How can we make the EPA? You couldn't possibly make the EPA more political, but but, you know, you're you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it worked all there. It worked all the way into the FBI, CIA and NSA. Before you yeah. knew it, before you knew it, you had Obama operatives operating in the open 
long after President Obama had left uh, left office. What do you th- what do yeah. you think about this? I mean, this this gets very close to sedition in some cases. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, what an incredible dynamic. You know, I uh, as you were saying in your in your lead in John David, I had the honor of working for Elizabeth Dole when she was Secretary of Labor. I happened to be her chief of staff, and we had 31,000 people in that department, for example, and it was one of the most, you know, the largest regulatory agencies in the United States. And, you know, I have to say, though, during that time frame, the very late 80s and early 90s, um, I I worked as a political appointee of the president's right alongside, uh, you know, uh, the same types and kinds of people you talk about that are part of this uh, this deep state and 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 I'd have to say even though you may well know that they came from a different party or a different line of thinking and they were going to long outlast you um, uh, in their office uh, I always felt that at the end of the day they may have disagreements with you philosophically but they would follow through on what the directives were and they were loyal people to the country and and you, you really couldn't question their loyalty you know now uh, this dynamic having 25-year-olds, um, you know, who receive a top-secret clearance and on a whim decide to, uh, you know, throw confidential information out to the press. And, uh, you know, those, as you say, who darn near are, you know, openly uh, violating the law in order to uh, try to destroy the president. I have not seen a dynamic like this before. It's, it's really surprising to me. And then, uh, as you say, it seems to have grown and grown and grown in this past decade. And, um, you know, it's something, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you're conservative or a liberal, it's the kind of thing that will erode the very fabric of this country. And I, and, and, uh, I think that uh, the president is right and his administration will be right to do everything that conceivably can to root it out and to stomp on it and, you know, frankly, just, you know, rid this earth of it because it, it, it can be the center of the beginning of the nation's downfall. Uh, indeed it can be. John Highbush, our guest, executive director of the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute and author of The Shroud Conspiracy. Um, I am I am very concerned about this because I see the same thing you see. I see this being um, maybe not necessarily an existential threat to the future of America, but I certainly see it as an incredibly damaging movement uh, inside government. That is that. And I've said this before that that I've never seen anything like. I mean, this is this is something that um, that has to be stopped. But how is it that in a free society you you demand of your of your civil servants that they be loyal to the nation i mean i mean is it just as simple as walking up to them and saying did you mean your oath the one to protect and defend the constitution of the united states from all enemies foreign and domestic did you mean that yes or no and and do you want to keep your job of course they're going to say yes but i mean look at lois lerner lois lerner at the end of her career did the absolute worst thing for any free government turned the IRS into a political bludgeon. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, you remember the days of uh, the Pentagon Papers, right? I mean, we look back on that now and we see it as like, a, you know, an incredible um, uh, blight on uh, 
on, on this very topic that you're talking about, you know, but it was a, it stood out as such a remarkably uh, rare thing. And, uh, you know, now it's uh, Pentagon Papers every day. It's, it's uh, and, I, and I, you know, I thought myself, too, uh, how do you turn something like this around? Uh, and, the, you know, the, the only way I can think that's, you know, uh, realistic, you know, other than to have uh, every federal agency's inspector general ensure that they make this kind of leaking and these kinds of activities um, a real priority. I, I just think it's incumbent upon the president and his cabinet members uh, to, um, you know, not only lead by example, but, but to, to uh, really, really make a point of driving home to their workforces that um, they have an obligation. If they know one of their colleagues, one of their coworkers uh, they go to work with every day are pushing stuff over the transom and doing things to intentionally harm um, the president or one of his appointees, and they've got an obligation to do something about it. You have to, every person who works for the government has to examine their conscience and then decide, um, you know, is it really right to let something like this go on regardless of whether it's President Trump or President Obama or President Reagan in power? It's just flat out the wrong thing to do. And and, uh, and, I, and I just hope that um, the president succeeds in, in, in uh, getting, you know, all those who work for him to get that message out and to get people to stand up and salute it because it's what's best for this country regardless of what your political philosophy might be. Here, here. And I can't believe that that 25-year-old millennial that you're talking about uh, turned that information over to uh, to the press who were talking about how there there wasn't anything there wasn't anything moving forward. Uh, wasn't anything moving forward in the in the Russian the supposed Russian collusion investigation. And so Ms. Reality Winner decided to just turn stuff over and when she was yeah. and when she was busted by the FBI she said oh yeah I absolutely did that I'm resisting yeah. President Trump that's right and now now I absolutely uh, I absolutely hope she gets more than 10 years I mean I, I yeah. hope that, uh, that, that that she's made an example of me too John Heibusch, our guest we have a few more minutes with this wonderful human being who uh, who has more to tell us about how President Trump can use the media to move forward like President Reagan next on the Wells Report. If it's important to you, it's on the Wells Report with John David Wells on 660 AM. The answer. You are listening to the Wells Report. John Highbush is our guest. He's the executive director of the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. So, so John, if uh, President Trump wanted to Reaganize his press message, what would he do? You know, I don't think I would, as many have said, um, uh, take the uh, device out of the president's hand that he's tweeting with. What I think I'd do, and this is what I think President Reagan would have done uh, had such technology existed when he was in office, is I would just make sure that uh, my message, you know, these 140 characters each day or a few times a day, matched a communication story or a strategy that uh, he and his staff could agree to. It's, the problem is uh, they have too many different messages on too many different subjects all floating out at once, and it's very confusing uh, you know, to, to the American people as to just what, are the, what is he asking for, what does he want us to do, you know, how do we salute, you know, and, and I think that's the key problem is they're almost fighting themselves. They're, and and uh, what President Reagan did uh, without tweets was he just ensured that every day when people went to work for him, 
everyone was singing off the same sheet of music. He was essentially the conductor, but the, everybody played to his tune. And, uh, and that's what has to happen in this White House. You just cannot step on your own story or ruin your own message by being off message yourself. And I think that'd probably be the best advice I could give. How does he find the professional that he would listen to that could get that across to him? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see if he's got it in him to do that. You know, it's not as though this nation doesn't have, you know, hundreds of absolutely top flight professionals that could help him put together a dramatically improved communications plan and a strategy. And it's just a question of will he put, you know, part of his fate in their hands? Will he listen to them? Um, you know, it's no one here suggesting that that he wouldn't have he doesn't have great ideas himself and, and everyone understands that he got to where he was because sure. of his, his insistence to do things his way but uh you know it was one thing to win a campaign on tweets it's another thing to try and run the country and i'd suggest you're going to need more than you know four o'clock in the morning tweets to figure it out i think you, you have to lean on the advice of people that know what they're doing and have done it for many years talk to us about your book talk to us about the shroud conspiracy yeah, happy to. You know, it's my first novel, and it's uh, it's been a bestseller already. It's it's doing real, real well in the bookstores. I'm happy to see it's a it's a thriller. It's a it's a work of fiction. It's called the Shroud Conspiracy. And for any of your listeners who know much about the Shroud, the Shroud of Turin is the the fable, the very famous uh, religious relic, the the uh, burial cloth of Jesus Christ. And uh, on that burial cloth, it miraculously is the image of our Lord and Savior. And the thing about this shroud is that uh, half of the world thinks it's a complete fake, and the other half thinks it's an incredibly important religious and authentic relic that uh, should be praised. And uh, this book uh, takes place with that controversy about the shroud behind it. And um, it's, it's all about a, an atheist uh, um, uh, scientist who's, who sets out to prove the shroud's a fake. And, and in the course of the book, he comes to find uh, it's a very, very different story and it turns his life upside down. In fact, it turns the world upside down. So um, I'm happy to see that today's show and others have really praised it a great deal. And if you want a great book to read, I think The Shroud Conspiracy could be it. John Highbush, I suppose you can go to Amazon and all the big booksellers to find The Shroud Conspiracy. Oh, absolutely. Just go to Amazon.com or go to Barnes & Noble or lots of independent bookstores across the country have it on their shelves. John Highbush, Executive Director of the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Sir, thank you so much for joining us. I can hardly wait till we get a return match and have yourself a great time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, John David. Take care. You're listening to The Wells Report. This is 660 AM, The Answer. Isn't thinking so much more fun than getting yelled at? The Wells Report on 660 AM, The Answer. You are listening to The Wells Report. My name is John David Wells. I've been talking about my perspective as, you know, a member of the media, a media watcher. And I was realizing uh, across the bottom of the hour that I hadn't really asked you about it. I'd been saying that the mainstream media was going to badly damage itself if it didn't stop. If it didn't stop this kamikaze attack. On on Donald Trump, which it's not having any, it's not having the desired effect. What it's doing is it's it's annoying the American people. 
all this is, is you're, you, it looks to me, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it looks to me like the mainstream media is bullying the President of the United States or attempting to bully the President of the United States. Is that the way it looks to you? One of the most highly educated human beings I know. Not just highly educated, but brilliant. Wrote this. I'll tell you something. I have quit tuning in to all media. The mainstream media is... Well, it's it's manure. <laughs> she uses the other word. The conservative, the conservative media follows the lead of the mainstream media in refuting all their crap. I want to hear what's being done, but no one is talking about the achievements of the Trump administration. Sorry, but that's how I feel. What about the appropriations bill for the wall? What was that, $1.9 billion for the wall? I'm sorry, $1.8 billion for the wall? Yeah. What about the numerous laws that have been passed? Well, they're, they're mostly executive orders. No matter, no wonder the Republican Party is split. All we have here is negative. We have negatives, she says. Well, I, I think she's got a, she's got a point. We're not getting the news. This this radio broadcast is the news. Do we spend a lot of time reacting as a matter of news reporting to the what did Mark say? The the from the Trump haters, the the Russian collusion story of the day? You know, something like that. He said, you know, the bogus, the bogus Russian collusion story of the day, which is what it is. I mean, we, the mainstream media says all this stuff, the right wing media, if you, if there is such a thing, I try to be pretty fair, but let's call it the other media has to react to the mainstream media to refute the stories. Is that the very nature of bias? I mean, when you start thinking about the fact that, yeah, I spend a lot of time defending Donald Trump because he's being unfairly accused of a lot of things he's not being, that he's not guilty of. It is bullying. It's playground bullying is what it is. And I get very frustrated with that because there's only one way to deal with it. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a classic scene in the movie, the untouchables. Sean Connery is saying, what are you prepared to do to get Capone? He says, if one of theirs pulls a knife, You pull a gun. If he sends one of your one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue, and that's the Chicago way. 
The mainstream media is spoiling for that fight, is it not? <clears throat> Certainly this deep state nonsense. And by the way, I have some words for the deep state. If you don't mind, if I can digress for just a moment. The deep state. I'm talking to the bureaucrats. The ones that were so inspired by President Obama that they are committing gross insubordination and sabotaging their own jobs to make things difficult for President Trump. You need to quit. I know, I know that you are a bureaucrat in a government job. It's a hard job to walk away from. You're First of all, you're making six figures. I mean, most government workers, by the way, do make six figures. It's really scary. You're making six figures, and you don't want to leave your job because you're gutless, mainly. I got it. But if that's you, then how about this? How about you look at the flag for a few minutes and you determine if you're still an American? You got to decide between being a Democrat, deep state, saboteur, or whether or not you're an American government worker. You need to decide which is which. Because let me assure you of something. If you are an American bureaucrat, if you have an American government job, presidents come, presidents go. But you're one of the real Americans. One of the real Americans. You're one of the people that make the country go, or in the case of the deep state, that make the country falter. Is that what you signed up for? If that's what you signed up for, making the country falter, get the hell out of the way. Leave now. Go to work for the Democrat Party. Be who you are. A leftist, progressive, anti-American thug. But get out of the way of people who aren't leftist, progressive, anti-American thugs. People that actually want to see the country move forward. That actually want to see the country successful. They want to work in a government job to make it better, not to use it as a political bludgeon to hurt Republicans. So all this having been said, I'm asking you. Yeah, I can sit here all day and I can say, hey, The mainstream media is going to destroy itself. I've seen it before. I have. I've seen the mainstream media or political political chases, political races, where too much negativity was used, and it flips over and, and backfires against the person waging the negative campaign. They find themselves on the outside looking in. That's what's happening here. At least that's what I see. Is it what you see or does it not touch you? Are you are you more or less just kind of ignoring it? Are you doing what I wish I could do, which is to report something else 
unless a real story comes out on this topic. I don't know. Maybe my friend is correct. Maybe I maybe I spend too much time reacting to the mainstream media. But you know that is the that is the news, right? I mean, at least I have an opportunity to explain that it's terrible, that what's happening is awful, that it's destructive for the United States of America, and we need to do better. We need to demand. That those mainstream media journalists do better work, start reporting the news instead of reporting the politics. These deep states, these deep state operatives need to quit. They need to remember that they are the United States of America in a lot of ways. And yes, while you can be a Democrat, Yes, while you can be a Republican, being a political operative in a government bureaucracy is destructive. It makes no difference whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat. If you're playing politics with your job, chances are very likely you are damaging the nation and you need to resign. Go indulge your partisan political ideology. Seriously, get a job. Get a job in the mainstream media. Get a job working with the Democrats. But get out of the way of America. As far as the mainstream media, gosh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget nearly all of 2016 waiting for the American media to snap out of it. It never did. If anything, it doubled down. Didn't it? It doubled down on their errors, and now they're stuck. And they keep reporting the same fake story over and over and over. Russian collusion with Donald Trump. Ah! Sorry. It's not working. It's not. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. I can sit here and say that the mainstream media is damaging the country. I can say that it's damaging the Trump administration. It certainly is damaging me because I keep waiting for him to snap out of it. It never happens. It just keeps wearing on me and wearing on me and wearing on you too. So what do you think? Is the mainstream media damaging itself? I mean, are you are you boycotting 
say, the newspaper of the day? You boycotting the Dallas Morning News or the Star-Telegram or USA Today or the New York Times or the Washington Post or, or any of those? Are you boycotting any of those places? Should you be? Have consumers decided that most news is fake news? I don't know whether most of them have decided that or not. But I can tell you that I'm pretty darn sure that a lot of them, a lot of them have decided that most news is fake news. And it is the height of abuse of government. You're listening to The Wells Report. John David Wells at your service back with more in just a moment. Now, by popular demand, The Wells Report with John David Wells on 660 AM. The answer. Hey, you remember those red light cameras that were going to keep us all safe? You know, they're going to stop this ridiculous idea that people can run stoplights. Yeah. You remember those? Yeah, the bloom may be off the rose. The red rose may not be worth the red light camera. Yeah, here's what's going on. Uh, After a decade of steady growth, the number of communities using cameras to catch drivers who run stoplights is falling. You know why? Because there are an awful lot of bent-up cars because of these ridiculous laws. Let me give you an example. I will not go through a yellow light anywhere in North Texas. So what do I do? Well, I use all of that very, very fancy braking technique I learned at the Bob Mondrian School of High Performance Driving way back when in the ancient days when it was at Sears Point. And I hit the brakes, take it to threshold... And stop the car a lot sooner than the person behind me believes that I could stop my car. It is, after all, either a Trailblazer or a 2002 Chevy Blazer. Believe me, I can outperform ABS. Anyway, all that being said, what does the person behind me do? They end up locking up their brakes and screeching to a halt because I slammed on my brakes because the red light camera looking over my shoulder is waiting for me to drive through the yellow light. Yeah. Yeah, bent cars is why these communities are saying, you know, I'm going to pass on this red light camera. Good. This is the Wells Report. 